0: He's blunt, but he's fair. This is Drew Berquist, former counterterrorism officer, realist, and host of This Is My Show, which starts now.
1: And so many of you know so much about this as well, and you're committed. And I want to thank all of you here for including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor and Senator Braun. Senator Booker, Representative, Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was going to be here to help make this.
2: Well, that just happened. I'm Drew Berkwist. This is my show. That was Joe Biden. And for those of you that this kind of flew past, because it certainly flew past him, that was Joe Biden asking if Jackie Walorski was there representative jack and she wasn't joe and there's good reason there's good reason why and it's the best is the best reason she she passed away a month ago she's she's been gone for a while now joe um so so she was not there just to answer his question i don't know if anyone on his staff actually answered it for him or not uh but dear lord help us it's just not uh, can you imagine a conversation between john fetterman and joe biden be amazing um folks we're not going to be on uh booze and banter today We, we won't be on locals for booze and banter i should say that's a better sentence uh but we do have tom with us today here on the show so tom disco are here we're gonna have some some fun going through the stories weathering out the storm here supposed to be evacuated whatever it's just it is what it is uh but speaking of ian still praying for people on the west coast we'll try and bring in some footage later of the storm um Maybe talk about it more because the West Coast is getting pummeled right now. Hopefully people are, are being smart, doing the right thing there. Um, not, not too bad here yet. Not looking like we'll have a show tomorrow. We're going to try. But we gave you one today. So I didn't, I didn't necessarily think this would happen. So we're here. So um, let's get to question of the day. And then we'll get on with the news. And it is this. Who would you rather have as an in-law? Rosie O'Donnell... Or Joe, Joy Behar. Tough question. I mean, that's, that's tough. Both of you and all of you in the audience think about your answers. We're coming back to it while you send in your responses. Today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Gold Coal. My fellow Americans, I'm telling you, if you've got an IRA, a 401k account, a SEP account, TSP, you name it, you need to listen to this. Things are scary out there. And this administration has printed more money in the past two years than the previous 100 years combined. That's not a st- again he, they love to break records but none of them are good ones and and that's something that is happening the national debts hit a record of 30 trillion dollars inflation is the highest we've seen since 1982 it's only a matter of time before the house of cards come crashing down if you've got retirement if you got savings of any form they could be at risk talk to my friends at goldco to see how you can protect your retirement with gold and silver before it's too late all you got to do is go to drewlovesgold.com they will give you $10,000 or, do- $10, or more in free silver. When you open a qualifying account, you will be secure. Your savings will be secure. It is the right move to make. That's drewlovesgold.com. Get on over there. They will send you the free guide. They will talk you through things. It's no it's no obligation. Just have the conversation and see if it makes sense for you, your family members, and your accounts. Okay, let's get to responses. Let's get to responses. <clears throat> Uh, Shelly, Shelby just comes right out and says, I want a divorce if that's the case. Fair enough, too. BM says, Rosie for sure. Minnie, definitely Rosie. 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 Hello, Holly. Good to see you. What, what do we have over on the other ones? Let's see. What do you guys say? Tom, wh- what's your answer? Oh, God. I,
3: I think I have to be in the Rosie camp. Uh, I feel like she might have a sense of humor uh joy is just joyless and disgusting and yeah i would have to go rosie
2: okay disco
0: same 100 percent. i mean and then is there an opportunity that um you know you know who else does she act with that you could possibly get to meet because of her you know madonna so uh holly
2: fitz stevens the question was who would you rather have as an in-law rosie o'donnell or joy behar I think so, too. I think, as I, you know, the, I don't know, the random stuff that comes to my head in the morning, this, this is just one of those things. But I asked myself the question. I was like, that's tough. But then as you think about it, I don't want to be around either of them. They're both miserable, hateful people. But, the, you know, what June says, Tom, what you just said, I mean, what did June just say? Rosie, at least she, she can be funny. I mean, Rosie's hateful and a vile creature but she she does say some funny things and she she can giggle and laugh a little bit. I don't know if Joy has ever laughed. Like she's just that that much of a miserable person. So I think we're all kind of on the same. There's a couple there's a couple people who went with Joy. Um but not many. So Rosie kind of takes the cake here. All right. Fair enough. Let's move on. So let's talk about Don Lemon and hurricanes, right? Because No one knows hurricanes better than Don Lemon. It only makes sense, right? (laughs) But he and his fellow communists in the media are always in a lathery froth when they can blame a weather event such as Hurricane Ian. That's happening right now. Again, thoughts and prayers of the people on the Gulf Coast of Florida. Uh, But when they can blame something on climate change. And they went so far as, for a while, to refer to these as tropical cyclones over the last five years. It didn't work. I mean... Did they do this, Tom, because it was a scarier phrase? Is that is that the, the mindset behind this? Oh,
3: yeah. With, last year, the hurricane season was pretty mellow. There weren't too many hurricanes. And so, well, actually, let's go back two hurricane seasons ago. It was pretty mellow. Weren't too many, you know, devastating hurricanes. Um, well, actually, the... Panama city beach in that area, the panhandle had a pretty, you know, harsh hurricane that came through, but that was the only one that really, you know, did extensive damage to, to the state or to any yeah, state. We
2: were in Miami for that one. Remember, yeah. Drew? We were.
0: Yeah. We were in Miami for that. No, one. but he's not,
2: not the one you're talking about. Right. That was like two years ago. Yeah.
3: or Actually the one we were in Miami, uh, you and, uh, I'm getting confused on <laughs> what t- what trip to Miami we're talking. We,
2: about. Yeah, we did take multiple trips to Miami, uh, yeah. and there was maybe some some drinking involved in all of them. But <clears throat> side point. But, Anyways, to your to your point, Tom.
3: Yeah, to gin up more panic. You know, when you know the when the whole climate change thing is dying down, especially during COVID, then it became a tropical cyclone. And yes, hurricanes are known as tropical cyclones, but I believe if memory serves me correct, that in the Western Hemisphere, tropical cyclones are called hurricanes. And then when you get down into, you know, the Southern Hemisphere, that's when it becomes a tropical cyclone or a cyclone instead of a hurricane. And so they tried to use that to say, oh, you know, with all the climate change that's going on, you know, we've seen an increase in tropical cyclones. And the answer to that would be, yes, that's not a a false statement, because we refer to them as hurricanes so if you're saying there's an increase of tropical cyclones we'd never had any then yes but you know technically a hurricane is a tropical cyclone
2: right well it's just a scare tactic it's a new phrase they change all their stuff as it pertains to climate change is this working no it's not okay let's try something else and and they're back to calling it hurricanes now um but this uh, according to how they think hurricane ian fits perfectly into their Marxist narrative. And you had Don Lemon, who tried so hard to get the acting director of NOAA, uh, of NOAA, to blame climate change on Hurricane Ian. Here's how that exchange went down. Take a listen.
4: Look here, you can actually see, pretty interesting for your viewers, you can actually see a second eyewall forming around the inner eyewall. And that's basically the second eyewall has overtaken the original eyewall, and that should arrest development.
1: Uh, so listen, I just, I'm just trying to get that you said you want to talk about climate change, but what, what effect does climate change have on this phenomenon that, that is happening now? Because it seems these storms are intensifying. That's the question. Here.
4: I don't think you can link climate change to any one event. Okay. On the whole, on the cumulative, uh, climate change uh, may be making storms worse, uh, but uh, to link it to any one event, um, I, I would caution against that.
1: Okay. Well, based on, Listen, I grew up there. And these storms are intensifying. Something is causing them to int- intensify. So this storm is just, it's a massive one. Its effects are also being felt uh, in the storm.
2: Okay, so <clears throat> clearly the acting director, Jamie Romy, only wanted to talk about the storm. As he should, that's the professional, respectful thing to do. It's also the, the practical and realistic thing to do when there's a storm out there. But he just wants to talk about the facts, right? Here's how strong it is. Here's Here's what's going on with the storm. By the way, millions upon millions of people waiting and watching to see because it affects their livelihood. But that, of course, is not good enough for Don Lemon and CNN, right? And as as BM says, never let a natural disaster go to waste. Let's 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 take this and, and use it. But he wanted Jamie to bend the knee, and confess that climate change was to blame for hurricanes and their intensification, as Don Lemon would say. But but it's not, and and he said as much there. So he kind of blew off the question. And then I love it. I love that. Don, I mean, this, this is priceless, right? That Don Lemon then questions the acting director of Noah and says, yeah, but, but I mean, like I know what I'm trying to say and the point I'm trying to make is true because I grew up there. I mean, that doesn't hold any water at all. And, and not just because if he had grown up there, he would be the expert on it. That doesn't make you an expert. You're, you're not a meteorologist because you grew up in Florida. You're not a doctor because your dad's a doctor, but he's not even from, he's not even from the storm. You know how to weather the storm, (laughs) you know how to weather it, you know how to be prepared. But as, as Tom pointed out, you know, off, off camera, he's from Baton Rouge. He's not, he's not lived in Florida.
3: No. And I even did a deep dive into, you know, his background. He was born and raised in Baton Rouge. He went to LSU And all of his jobs that he's had over the course of his career, none of them have ever landed him in Florida. You know, he was just posturing as, you know, when when somebody, you know, when you say something to, you know, if you're in a conversation with somebody and say it's a doctor and you're talking about COVID and theirs is, well, you know, I'm a doctor, so I know what I'm talking about he's trying to use that same way of arguing with somebody to make him sound like he's the expert by saying, well, I'm from there. And so I know better than you. Right. Which the (laughs) fact of the matter is, you know, the 1990s produced more hurricanes than we've seen in all of 2000. So we had a spike in, I think, 2004. Uh, But other than that, you know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. It was 2004,
0: 2005. That was my, that was my senior year. And, we almost didn't graduate because of the five or six storms that we had. And it just kept coming you know? back to back to back. Yeah. It, it was like we we would be off for a week. We'd come back for like four days. Like, well, there's another one. Go back home. And we'd be home for a week. And then it just kept coming and coming. And it, it was like, well, you may not graduate. Right. woo. <laughs> Well, and you know, but
3: I I find it humorous though because he's trying to set somebody up to get his point across, like he did with that woman who was talking about you know reparations for slavery. That was the, the empire. best empire. He he just got wrecked again.
2: Yeah, he did. He did okay. not going down that road, Don, because it's not true. It's not true. It's but it, again, it proves that CNN is dedicated. To pushing this Marxist agenda that the Democrat Party is so, you know, clinging to right now. It's just they, they, and and granted, he's doing it for you know, for less viewers because CNN all all around is down. He's been demoted, all this stuff. But like, there's still people there pushing this. I wonder if he lasts. I wonder if he can if he can hang on there or not. Based on these other changes we're seeing with Lick, I don't know. I guess we'll see. But sticking with Hurricane Ian, remember when Joe Biden weighed in, this was not this week, but he weighed in on just general hurricane season preparedness. Because as you know, well, you might not know, but most of us down here certainly know, hurricane season starts in June and runs through November. Here was Joe's sage advice on how to prepare for hurricanes.
0: Hold on. I'm sorry. It's, 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 uh, hang on. It's glitching on me. And here we go.
2: If you're
1: in a state where hurricanes often strike... Like Florida or the Gulf Coast or into Texas. A vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now. Everything is more complicated if you're not vaccinated and a hurricane or a natural disaster hits.
2: You guys got that? You're tracking? The, the best way, the best way you could possibly prepare for a hurricane, a category four hurricane in this case, with crazy it was at 155 mile per hour winds right now the best thing you could do is get vaccinated that's like saying make sure you get your rabies shot before you buy a house like it, there's there's literally no connection whatsoever between the two like it, it makes zero sense anyone who's been for anyone who's lived anywhere who's ever been alive ever had a heart a heartbeat knows that doesn't make sense but if you live down here you know it's it's gas. It's batteries. It's water. It's it's basic food and necessities that don't require electricity. It's all of those things, right? I love this this picture. Tom sent this over. This was just from the internet somewhere. I don't I don't know who to. People on the roof <laughs> from, from the know, internet. <laughs> it's from the World Wide <laughs> Web. That's what, it was addressed. It came here and it said just World Wide Web regards. Um, but no, I love that they're on top of the roof and saying instead of SOS or send help. Send vaccines. Send vaccines. That's that's amazing. It's amazing, but I mean, how can you even like? Obviously, at the time, they still are, but how how can you even stand there in front of that camera with a straight face, just knowing that they're trying to push this experimental BS vaccine that's come with more problems than it has helped. But how can you stand there and seriously connect those dots and tie a hurricane preparedness plan and vaccinations together? It, I mean, it's it's ludicrous.
3: The only way I think you can tie it in is if you're going to a shelter and there are a bunch of people there because they have all the cots set up and you're in you know, close proximity to people. That could be the only, only possibility for that kind of a weird, weird thought
2: yeah that's true fair enough but but still a, a a huge stretch like you know if if you're prepared <laughs> well, you exactly. don't need to it's go to like, one of those shelters like
0: exactly and it's if if, if the vaccine is the real deal it's not like well it's flooded i can't leave someone said you know like the picture send vaccines like it doesn't make sense it doesn't yeah. make sense at all because it's um he's obviously it's just him trying to push it He's just trying to push it and push it and pedal it and get people to be scared, more scared than what they need to be. They're already scared of Their house could be t-
2: taken away by water, you know, you know, by well, the you, storm. know you know, what's funny <laughs> is of course there's no, like, this is obvious and, and just a subtle point to it, but like, th- there's no questioning that, or there's no fact checking that. Like if I were to come out and say, look, like I'm from Florida, like, be like Don Lemon, even though he's not from Florida, I'm from Florida. So you should listen to me. All you need to do is get a vaccine and you will be impervious to hurricanes i would get i would get shut down and that content would be blocked but but they can say it and it's a-okay like eh, give the governor a rump like that's like that's it's ridiculous it's ridiculous all right staying with florida ron desantis who we've talked about this week a lot we know that they're going to slander him and, we, and there, look there's already a hundred maybe 200 articles written waiting on websites for someone to click the button publish. They want this thing to be done. Once Ian passes, everyone is going to go ahead and click send on their email or click publish on their on their, their, their draft that's sitting there, and they're going to slander the living piss out of DeSantis. And as, as, as we've talked about that very thing, and as we've predicted, we got a taste of what's on the horizon yesterday with this news conference. Take a listen. FEMA Administrator
1: Chris Wall said today that concerns that of uh, Florida's as we said lacks response to the storm so far and that whoa, some whoa,
2: whoa, are whoa. give me air. a break that is nonsense
4: stop politicizing okay stop it we declared a state of emergency when this thing wasn't even formed we've had people in here you've had counties doing uh, they've done a lot of hard
2: work and and honestly you're trying to attack me, I get, but like you're attacking these other people who've worked very hard. And so, so that's just totally false. Um, I don't think we've ever, certainly since I've been
4: governor, declared a state emergency this early. Uh, we made sure that we were very inclusive with it.
2: We said that there was a lot of uncertainty and, and we've worked to make sure um, the preparations that have been done and all the, the stuff, you talk to the people at the counties when they've needed something, stuff gets there very quickly because of what Kevin and his team have done. There you are. So they're already. I mean, look, they're already. And I love his response, by the way. I just love the dude. I love how he stops people in their tracks, and sets them back on course. Not that they're actually getting back on course, but he he lays some truth down there. But you can see them already starting to do this. And I mean, I mean, obviously he's he's enemy. Uh, let's call him enemy. He's not enemy number one because that's Trump. But he's he's probably enemy number two. I mean, I I don't know, Tom. Can you think of anyone that's a bigger target? than Ron DeSantis for them, other than Trump? No.
3: Right right now, he's Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we had, you know, five years of saying that Trump is Hitler and he's the next Hitler, because there there is nobody on the Republican side that will ever satisfy the left as far as somebody, you know, that they could— they would never vote for him, but actually would even see as palatable because they're not into compromise. They don't compromise. So if somebody, you know, sticks to their guns and their beliefs, they're automatically Hitler, a fascist, you know, whatever pejorative you want to throw in there. That's what they do.
2: Yeah. 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 It's well. And it's I mean, you've you've said it before and we've commented on the show before. I mean, they're they're still pit- I mean, this is right on the heels of him sending people to their doorstep. They're they're pissed. He's it's it's not going to go anywhere. Um, He's going to be in the crosshairs for a long time, which, again, as we always talk about, just proves that he's right over the damn target. He's doing a hell of a job. He is America's governor for a reason. And it's pretty damn awesome to watch and him. another
0: one doing their job really well is the sign language interpreter. She's really getting his attitude in with that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like she's uh, really getting it. <laughs> I like
0: uh, I. I that, that was distracted. a weird
2: – I don't know what that is. <laughs> that that could be – that looks like Kamala um, signaling what she's about to do. But um,
0: – yeah, I, I, I Go ahead, yeah, Tom.
3: I was just going to say, there's one thing to look for after the hurricane passes by, and we'll see this media onslaught of negative coverage about Ron DeSantis – as so if that goes away quick, quickly and the narrative turns to climate change, that means he's done a great job in handling this hurricane, because they'll automatically change the narrative.
2: Yeah, no, that's a good thing. That's a that's a good point to make and very true. I mean, if they if it doesn't stick, they're going to have to move on to something else. B M asks. Drew, do you think they hate him more than Trump? They just don't have as much access to bash him at the moment, at governor or as governor. I presume that would be. Um, no, I don't think they hate him more than Trump. I think that he's he's getting close to being parallel. I don't know that anyone will ever be hated as much by the Democrats as Trump. Uh, but if Trump can't run and DeSantis ends up being the guy, then then he will he'll take that top spot. Uh, but I, I don't think he's at that level yet. I think he's he's as damn close as anyone has ever been or ever might be but but the amount of hatred and vitriol that they they shove towards trump is is epic and again you don't have to be a trump person to see that or agree or you know to to you know that should just be clear no matter what side you're on they loathe that guy with with everything they got but but I wanted to. So Don wanted to go into climate change earlier for the intensification. This is that's why in, in Don Lemon's mind, it's such a strong storm, Hurricane Ian, which should be clue number one that that's actually not the reason. If Don Lemon says it, you should just go the opposite direction and run so you don't get get sexually molested by him. But Dan Crenshaw, who I know some people like, some people don't like. That's not the point of this conversation. But speaking of climate change specifically, since Donnie Boy wanted to bring it up. He laid down this truth as it pertains to fossil fuels and, and the left's push for wind energy and all this other stuff here in this, this interview here. Take a listen, because I think he says some really good things.
4: Look, what, what's, the, what's the number one thing that reduced our emissions back to like 1991 levels uh, here in America? It was the natural gas fracking process that displaced coal. So what's the number one uh, emitter globally? Um, it's about 50% of global emissions come from foreign coal. People burning coal to get power. And so what's the best way to displace that? You can dream of wind turbines and solar panels in these developing countries. Dream all you want. Maybe go write a fiction novel about it. But in reality, natural gas is going to displace that. And it's going to have half the emissions, and you're going to get massive consequences from that. So if, if you just left the market alone right now, Our our natural gas producers and and gave them the permits that they need and actually didn't vilify them, they could probably quadruple their exports in the next 10 years. If they quadrupled their exports in the next 10 years, and if, and this is a bit of an if, that displaced foreign coal abroad, that would be the equivalent of everyone driving an electric car in America, everyone getting solar panels on their house, and doubling our wind capacity. It would have massive consequences.
0: Well, you don't think there has to be any intervention in the U.S. marketplace to incentivize um, the emitters to get to—
4: There has to be a lot of intervention for nuclear. Because it it blows my mind that the Democrats are not more in favor of nuclear. They they kind of speak favorably about it, but they will not take one step to make our permitting process better, our regulatory uh, environment better for nuclear energy so that it's more affordable. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's insane to me. Have you so to you have this rock and if you just bash it or heat it up, it provides you clean energy for like 25 years. What an amazing concept. And we've had this, we've had this technology forever and we just, and we, and we, and we just let it go by the wayside. We make it too we, we, we over-regulate it to such an extent it takes 10, 15 years to build a reactor, which is nuts.
2: Um. So again, like Dan, dislike Dan, that's not the point here. We've we've talked about it before on the show <clears throat> and in booze and banter. I, I have my questions and reservations about Dan, but I also respect and appreciate the hell out of Dan for what he did in the teams and serving. Uh, and he gets some points right. This point was right. Like, he was spot on here in this, and you got to give credit where credit's due. I mean tom, have have the left I mean, have they kind of painted themselves into a corner with all of their just crazy ass policies and demands as it comes as it as it you know, as it pertains to pushing this energy stuff?
3: I think so, because whenever any kind of solution is put on the table, it's never good enough. There's no pragmatism on the climate change side when it comes to a solution of what to do you know if in fact you know and there are reports that you know the the world is warming you know is it because of man or is it because just the natural life cycle of the planet that's to me is still up for debate i know the party of science says that the science is settled on climate change which i don't understand how you could ever say something is settled when it comes to science so i disagree with that right um But there's never a solution. You know, you you bring up nuclear energy. I've had this discussion before, you know, with liberal friends of mine, and they're like, no, it's too dangerous. You know, look what happened to Fukushima. You know, before that, they would always point to Three Mile Island. Now it's, you know, Fukushima. But to me, the the whole climate change debate is the war on terror. You know, it's a loosely defined enemy, and— there's no end. There's no goal for, to stop it. There's no end game to it. You know, it's just, it's around every corner. It's going to get you. It affects every part of your life. You know, it, it, this climate change is the left's war on terror.
2: Yeah. They know they can, they can, they can throw anything into that conversation, use it. and And as we talk about all the time on the show, what people need to understand is, well, there are actually some things that go on with the climate and and the planet's changes and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> We're not going to go all sciencey and, and, and just newsflash. I'm not a scientist, but as all of that, as there are some, some nuances to all of this stuff, what people need to understand is, is this push for climate change and their, their, their essential GWAT here, their, their goal is control, whether it's power, you know, consumption of power, whether it's, you know the the electric cars we talk about all the time it's not about it's not about climate change it's not about saving the planet it's about c- controlling who can go w- where and when and the sooner some you know even just some more people can wake up to the fact that guys these these people look at their track record on anything you can depart from climate change you can go to any issue on the books and if you come away with it being like yeah they've really got our backs You've read the wrong thing. They they don't care at all about any of us. They care about control. They care about reshaping and shifting how this country looks. And this is their, their best chance in their opinion right now. They they believe this is the way to do it. And it's not just them. It's the globalists abroad. It's World Economic Forum. It's Klaus Schwab and all his buddies. They think this is the way to do it because of what you just said there, How how broad stroke it is, how undefined it is, and how unclear the science is, too. So it's... It's a tricky, I mean, we're going to be fighting this for like, like we're going to be fighting terrorists for a long time. We're going to be fighting this issue for a long, long time. And I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that it's going to go away because again, for every scientist that they get to say, and scientists, like, I feel like, you know, anytime you do a poll, anytime you do some sort of data, it's so easy to be, you can you can do it actually and do it the right way and then get the results, whatever they might be. But in this day and age, that's not how things work. People say, here's the outcome I want. Do a study, do some research, do a survey that's going to get me this answer. And I feel like that's what happens on both sides. And, and because of that, you get this stalemate in the middle of, of people being like, well, I don't know if it's real or if it's not real. I don't know what to believe anymore. And then people default to being kind humans, some people, not all. And like, all right, well, we'll just we'll just do some stuff. We'll recycle, we'll do this because I feel like it's the right thing. If if nothing else, whatever. It didn't hurt anything. But <clears throat> this conversation and this battle is going nowhere. It's gonna be around for a long. I mean, our kids and our kids' kids are gonna be fighting about this, I fear.
0: Well well, it's hard. When when they're able to phrase the question the way they want to, they're gonna get the answer that they want. That's like you and I googling. Uh, what are the health benefits of drinking bourbon? <laughs> you know, like we phrased the question right. to hear the answer we want to hear. Yeah. So it'll be the same thing with this. It'll be they'll, they were going to phrase the question, and then the person listening is going to be like, "Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's bad," but they don't. They didn't get the actual question that they needed, and that's the problem with the polls. They need to have someone else phrase the question, someone who's outside of it, not. You know, not, you know, uh, emotionally uh, behind it and all that stuff. It's like, here's the question. Now let's go ask it. But that'll never happen. It'll never happen,
3: right. Especially when your default position is wind and solar, wind and solar. Nothing else is ever in the conversation about any sort of alternative energy source. And so when you keep touting that, you know, and then people who are pushing back are like, you're you're not even taking into consideration the environmental damage to you know different birds that you know are are getting chopped up you know in these wind fields or the birds that are being you know fried alive when they lay when they land on these you know solar uh, fields thinking it's you know a body of water right so yeah with you no know, you're so. Yeah, it, 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 but nothing is ever brought to the table other than those two things, and so you can't advance technology the way that you want to to be more efficient with energy if those are the only two things on the table.
2: No, hundred percent. And I, I, Paul, I'm not going to repeat your comment just for 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 some of the censors out there, but I love. Actually, I will. What the <laughs> hell? Paul says, question: Does climate change turn people gay? Um, that's that's a question that should be discussed more frequently it's a great question paul um i got a good little chuckle out of that i just you know i don't see all the comments but i happened to look over as that one came in and that <laughs> that was good no i mean look this is it's it's a disaster and yeah i'd love to get Peta's take on that like let's what what is what is far left radical lefties at Peta think about the current green energy bank because on the surface they're going to say yeah we love like but it's going to, here's what it's going to do. And it's just, again, it's never as easy or as simple as how the Dems describe it. This is going to be great. It's going to save the planet. This is going to be great. It's going to be free college for everyone. No, no, no. None of those things are actually true when you, you look at it for real. All right, guys, we want to get to a couple other things here. So real quick, hit that like button, whichever platform you're on. Please make sure you are subscribed on said platform, Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, you name it. You, sh- you should be subscribed on all of them. That would be so helpful to us if you were. Uh, so please get on over there and do that if you're not on that platform. If you're on the same platform, particularly YouTube, make sure you are still subscribed because they love to unsubscribe you without telling you. That's just a fun game that they play. Um, it's it's so fun. Love it. I love every bit of it. Just kidding, YouTube. I hate you. Um, you've ruined my life. Okay. Don't forget to get your Locals account, guys. We're not there today, but please do get a Locals account. You can do it at drewberkwist.locals.com uh because we will be back with with booze and banter next week after ian passes that little bitch i should say big bitch he's a big bitch um he's definitely big but let's talk about the Nord Stream pipelines because what's interesting and particularly if you're in the southeast but but really nationwide there's all this conversation as there should be on hurricane ian the impacts ways you know what's happening to people you know, all the safety stuff that's involved, telling people what should be, you know, people should be doing all that kind of stuff. It it should be discussed. This is a very big storm. People should take it seriously. We're taking it seriously here. Um, and, and we're on the East coast of of Florida, not the Gulf coast. But as this is happening, there is a massive story out there that people are talking about. Yes, but I don't feel like it's getting the attention it deserves. And we talked about it a smidgen yesterday on booze and banter. But there was an explosion yesterday, if you've been living under a rock, on the Nord Stream Pipeline. And there's lots of speculation about why it happened, who may have been behind it, all of that stuff. But just as a reminder, as a reminder, as this happened, this was Joe Biden talking about the Nord Stream Pipeline amid all of the you know Ukraine-Russia war stuff, which we're heavily involved in upon, obviously. This was him talking about it on February 7th of this year. Take a listen.
1: Let me answer the first question first. If Germany, if uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the uh, the, the border of Ukraine again. Then uh, there will be uh, we there will be no longer a Nord Stream two. We we will bring an end to it.
5: But, do, but how will you how will you do that exactly? Since the project. And
1: control of the project is within Germany's control. We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it.
2: Okay. I promise. It's a big promise. It's a, a big, big promise. promise. It's a big promise. Victoria Newland, by the way, made a similar statement. I don't know, like two weeks or so, a week and a half before that, that comment by Joe on January 27th. Newland, of course, who was one of the architects of the Iraq war, she was heavily involved with with Hillary and her war in Libya. She's a prominent player, the queen, you could say, of regime change. And while I made some suggestions about this, so this was happening, you know, because I'd gone into show prep mode and then show mode, so I kind of disappear from the planet, and 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 do my thing, and then we go right into booze and banter. Typically, again, not today, but but typically that's the case. So this had happened, and I I just was kind of gathering my thoughts, and I like a lot of people suggest, well, maybe it was Russia, maybe it was this. It's hard to know. We didn't we didn't talk about it much, but. It What's interesting is, is and I'm going to kind of bounce around here on this, so so bear with me. But it's interesting because you had a uh, Polish politician, Redek Sikorski, who, after it happened, he tweeted this. And for those of you listening on the podcast, driving, uh, I would say don't look away from the steering wheel. You definitely shouldn't because you can't see it because you're listening to a podcast. But it's a picture from, from Redek. And it just shows what's presumably the you know ex- you know some some of the the after aftermath of the explosion in the Baltic Sea of the Nord Stream pipeline. And his caption is "Thank you, USA." So why you know why would he tweet that? Does he know something we don't? I don't know. Is he being facetious, like oh this is gonna be great, or is he being grateful? I mean. Because something, of, everyone should agree on this. It's kind of like the Ukraine war, right? There's a gazillion reasons as to why it could be happening. A lot of them are true. There's probably some truth in in a lot of them. There's a gazillion different outcomes. All of that, like none of us, if we're being honest, none of us here in the audience, none of us even here in the studio or, or Tom and Disco and some of the writers, like n- no one knows for certain. But you should get a sense from this that, that you should get a sense of two things, or uh, you just have two thoughts going through your mind is, one, this is a big deal, because it is. It's a really big freaking deal. And two, that something doesn't seem exactly right about this explosion. And while some are suggesting, and I even threw out the concept that it could be, and I it, it, look, it still could be the fact that Russia did this, but why why would Russia blow up their their own pipeline? You could say to raise gas prices some stuff like that and maybe it's possible you could say it was deliberate to blame us draw us into war but i mean at the end of the day i mean really tom i'm curious your thoughts on this tom but like these guys the russians in theory again it's hard to say that they're struggling to beat the ukrainians entirely because you got to know exactly what their goal is to judge them on their performance but they didn't just walk in and have it over in, in mere days like a lot of people projected maybe it would be the case. So why, if that's the case, if they're struggling with civilians and what's left of the Ukrainian you know, military over there, why would they want to deliberately do this to the, you know, draw the U.S. into war if they're struggling with that when we are the most powerful fighting force on the planet? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
3: No, it doesn't make any sense at all to, you know, for him to sabotage himself because he's taking away one of his revenue streams. You know, he still has, you know, China and India he's doing business with, but the European Union is a big client of his, especially Germany who, you know, they now that winter's approaching, everybody's, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how cold is it going to be. Right. But there're also, you know, either coincidences or just, you know, oddities that line up with this whole explosion. You know, you take, you know, for instance, you had talked about, you know, Victoria Nuland and Biden statements. And then you fast forward to April, where you've got Boris Johnson showing up there. And the, the entire beginning of this, just remember back to, you know, the position of the United States was, we're going to give them the weapons to fend off Russia and send, you know, the commies back to, to Russia, and, and, you know, that'll be the end of it. But then after Johnson visited and then other, you know, world leaders started visiting Zelensky, uh, you've got the U.S. Navy doing exercises in the Baltic Sea in that same area where the explosion happened, where they were doing research and exercises with um, underwater unmanned vehicles. So that's kind of a weird coincidence. Then you've got a report in Der Spiegel magazine that the CIA notified Germany that there might be a drone attack on the Nordstrom, I almost said Nordstrom, (laughs) the Nordstrom uh, one and two pipelines.
2: We've got to take out Nordstrom immediately.
3: That's all kind of strange. Yeah. And then I think it was in May, but I could be wrong, where both Russia and Ukraine were going to sit down to see if they could agree on a truce or a ceasefire agreement. Well, that, before that was supposed to happen, Boris Johnson came back and supposedly told Zelensky that under no circumstances is there going to be a ceasefire because now we have to get Putin out of power. So it turned from you know repelling the Russians to regime change in a short period of time, and now we've got this, where... You know, are we trying to, you know, if the U.S. did do it, are we trying to, you know, rattle Putin's cage so, you know, he'll do something crazy and, you know, drop a low-grade nuke on Ukraine? Possibility, you know, for us to, you know, retaliate to Russia? I think right now, for at least for the left, is— if they want victory, they have to get rid of Putin. So I think they're trying to figure out a way to do that because, you know, you go all the way back to 2016 or 2015 and the Russian collusion and Russian hacking, you know, everything, the elections. And he's been their poster boy of, you know, he's Trump's boy. Trump is going to do whatever he can because he loves tyrants and this and that. So in order for the left to claim victory, they have to have regime change. How they go about doing it? I don't know if this is the beginning of how they think they're going to do it or if Vladimir actually sabotaged his own pipeline.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, it's it's one of the two. I, I, like all the circumstances that we have in our timeline here, as we look at it more, many of pretty much all of which you mentioned with the comments from Newland and Biden saying this was, this was possible and needed to happen, would happen kind of a thing to us having, you know, people there doing exercises that, that could pull off such a feat. You know, the the intel community warning about it. All, there, there's a lot of signs. But my, my take is always this, too. Like, and I know it's a simple take, but I also think we make things more complicated than we need to. For for the people in Russia, for the people in Ukraine, for the people here in America, the outcome, or the the thought in your mind should be regardless who, who did this. And and I tend to lean more towards us, like regardless of who did this, can y'all stop this shit right now? Because honestly, what's your push? I, I, I get, I get why you need some political wins here. Democrats, you've done everything to pretty much destroy our country and your party's about to lose power because of it. And you're desperate. And I get how Russia and Putin just is, is who he is. He's got big balls. He's willing to do whatever it takes. He does not give a damn what America, the West, or anyone for that matter thinks. He's going to do his thing. But can we just for the love of God avoid what could come from something like this? You got to understand like this kind of thing, and this is why I said it's a big deal, is the 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 war, the proxy war that we've got going right now that we're deeply involved with more deeply than anyone knows in Ukraine draws us so potentially close to a war with russia i.e a world war where everyone is far more technologically capable everyone's more nuclear capable everyone's more got more everyone's got more everything and then and then someone does this and you've got this very contentious pipeline and it's either sabotage to draw us into war or we've done it which will have the you know in kind the same kind of result it's like what are we thinking here can we just can we just let this shit go like seriously sorry for the ukrainian people but no one wins if we all go to blows on this and i just don't get for the life of me i i I do i understand why because you and you just said it like they need a win they need a regime change they need something like that but like the consequences are they're just not worth it like If you're Joe Biden, who I get is just a figurehead, like, dude, you're almost dead. Like, you're going to be dead soon. And I'm not threatening him, Secret Service. I'm just saying, listen to the guy talk. Like, he's not doing well. But, like, you're at the end of your rope. Maybe that's the point. Maybe Putin potentially is sick. Biden is definitely sick. Maybe they're both just like, F it. Like, we're both going to die here soon. Let's go out in a blaze of glory with nuclear bombs. I don't know.
3: I think people like the, Victoria Newland and others who are advising, you know, who, well, clearly not Biden, but whoever is under Biden, who they're advising, who's actually making decisions. I think they've war game this, and I think that their their egos are so huge that they believe their own bullshit. And just like in Iraq, is you know, oh, you know, simple in and out, you know, we'll do shock and awe, and then you'll go in, we'll you know um debath you know the entire government install our own government and we'll be good to go and they never for once took in the fact of insurgency and what that would mean and what kind of a price and a toll that would take on our military and i think this is to me the same sort of situation where like i said you've got all these people who are you know in these advisory roles who really believe, you know, the crap that they've come up with That Hey, it'll be no big deal. You know, he'll drop a nuke and then we'll drop a couple and then we'll send a team in to get him because now it'll be, you know, a, a crime against humanity.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Adrian brings up a point on YouTube. Now Germans were really freezing the winter. Thanks to USA. He really did a shitty job. Um, you know, if, if it was us behind this, when we're trying to be, you know, the world, which we're not when we have Democrats in power. And I don't know where you stand, Adrian, but when, when people like Joe Biden and Obama are in power, we're not what the world needs us to be. And I apologize to the rest of the world for it because there's a lot of good America can do when we're on our A game. Right now we're not on our A game. We look like a third world country. We're a disaster. But, you know, they will claim they want to do the best for everyone else. And you just now Russia had shut this off and said, we're not going to be giving energy to Europe and 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 Germany in particular, but like, there's still a chance, right? There's still a chance that can be reversed. When you do this, you just are saying basically like we did to the Afghans and so many other people. Yeah, go ahead and, and, and F yourself because we don't care. We've got different agendas that matter more. And, and there, there are going to be consequences, sadly.
0: Well, and also as I'm oh, sorry. I was just say just as of 13 minutes ago, Biden approves 1.1 billion more in military aid to Ukraine, and Russia denies Brilliant. the North in and, and Russia denies Nord Stream sabotage allegations. I so, just, yeah.
2: Tom, what were you going to say?
3: I was remember the the purge that was happening in the military when it came to you know extremists in you know yeah. in the ranks and trying White to get them out. Yeah, right, and. One of the reasons behind that is they don't want they want everybody to think the same way and be on the same team. In, in their view, they don't want any dissension because when you have dissension, then you won't execute your job. So if you start purging people who have might have a different you know political belief or view, and you get rid of all of them, And you're left with people who will be will take any order without questioning it, which, you know, a lot of times you should do. Um, But when it comes to nuclear war, you're going to need that person who is full on. Your team does not waver any what any way whatsoever, who is prepared to turn that launch key and hit that button to get the, the nukes launched.
2: Yeah. Yeah lots of comments lots of comments on this it's frustrating um it's it is what it is um it's it's awful where we are let's hit one more story before we get out of here i'm trying to read what you guys are saying as we're doing this but remember jacinda ardern is that her name ardern something like that no one cares she's not our prime minister some people some people very much care well, you've got New Zealand's PM who is just a buck tyrant warning about a new weapon of war. Listen, listen to what the weapon of war is because this is crazy. I mean, what's happened in New Zealand, Australia, what's happened, frankly, here, but to a greater extent, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, some other places around the world is absolutely terrifying. Listen to what she says is a new weapon of war.
5: This week we launched an initiative alongside companies and non-profits to help improve research and understanding of how a person's online experiences are curated by automated processes. This will also be important in understanding more about mis and disinformation online, a challenge that we must as leaders address. Sadly, I think it's easy to dismiss this problem as one in the margins. I can certainly understand the desire to leave it to someone else. As leaders, we're rightly concerned that even the most light touch approaches to disinformation could be misinterpreted as being hostile to the values of free speech that we value so highly. But while I cannot tell you today what the answer is to this challenge, I can say with complete certainty that we cannot ignore it. To do so poses an equal threat to the norms we all value. After all, how do you successfully end a war If people are led to believe the reason for its existence is not only legal, but noble. How do you tackle climate change if people do not believe it exists? How do you ensure the human rights of others are upheld when they are subjected to hateful and dangerous rhetoric and ideology? The weapons may be different, but the goals of those who perpetuate them is often the same, to cause chaos and reduce the ability of others to defend themselves to disband communities, to collapse the collective strength of countries who work together. But we have an opportunity here to ensure that these particular weapons of war do not become an established part of warfare. In these times, I'm acutely aware of how easy it is to feel disheartened. We are facing many battles on many fronts, but there is cause for optimism. Because for every new weapon we face, there is a new tool to overcome it. For every attempt to push the world into chaos is a collective conviction to bring us back to order. We have the means. We just need the collective will.
2: Okay. So let's unpack what she said there. A lot of people saying, hey, I know people who live there, they detest her, of course. If you live there and you don't detest this woman, there's something wrong with you. But, I I mean, anytime someone, and, and they do this a lot, and sadly people fall for it, but anytime a leftist politician says we have to combat misinformation, we hear it in America all the time now. All the time. You should know by now that simply means... They need to silence you or silence dissent. And when they say we need to uphold free speech, that means you can have an opinion as long as it aligns with ours. You're following the the government narrative. But Tom brought this up here pre-show, and I think we should discuss this, because the last few lines of her Marxist rant stuck out the most. She said, for every weapon we face, there's a new, new tool to overcome it. And that, I mean, what, Tom, why don't you tell me, what does that mean to you?
3: Oh, that means no matter what the digital platform is, that, you know, somebody wants to be able to freely express themselves and their uh, opinions, that governments, it's up to governments to find a way within that new technology and that platform to get what they want and that's to silence whatever that opinion is that they disagree with.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's their ability to just continue to censor whatever they want. And then she says, "For every attempt to push the world into chaos, there's a collective conviction to bring us back to order."
3: But that 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 line is frightening right there when she
2: says, "Bring us back to order." Whose order is she talking about? Right. And who and who puts you in charge of said order? You and, and your cohorts, not just her, not just Jacinda just Ardern or whatever the hell her name is. No one cares. But no, it's and you don't it follow exact- the globalist agenda. And and
3: yeah, does that pertain only to Western civilization or does that pertain to the Mideast? Does that pertain to, you know, tribes in the Amazon? Does that, you know, pertain to the Kalahari Bushmen? <laughs>
2: I'm glad we brought them up because we need to talk. No, I'm, uh, but no, you're, you're right. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. You, you, and, and it's freedom of speech, freedom of movement, all of that stuff. that They're, they're going to push back. And they're going to put down and, and or demolish any opposition. And she says at the end, we have the means. <laughs> we have the means. We just need the collective will. And as you talked about, that that line is perhaps the most frightening.
3: Right, the collective will. That means that governments have to have the the strength to be able to shut down opposition by any means necessary. If that means, you know, starving people, if that means rounding them up, you know, the it, the way the globalists look at things, and especially the left, the ends always justify the means. So if that means like the Khmer Rouge, you know, in mass murder and taking those bodies and bearing them in the medians in the roads in Phnom Phen, then so be it you know yeah. it, it, you see that with every you know communist dictator you know since time immemorial that has been their their way of rising to power stalin mao they have all done it
2: yep yeah, 100% and 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 what's crazy and we talk about this all the time is they are saying sometimes they say it in a, in a more flowery way or they say it in an indirect way, but they say these things out loud all the time. They essentially say we are better than you, you need to lean on us, we need to control you, and if you don't go along with us, we will do X, Y, or Z. I mean, they say these things out loud all the time, and there's there's a lot of us who talk about it and recognize it, but there's a lot of people who are just like, yeah. Yep, I stand behind that person. Uh, again, I don't know why I went Southern there because that's, that's not how Southerners feel. I just, I, I never know what's going to come out of my mouth. But, but, I mean, like, literally people just go along with it when they're saying it. They're saying it out loud. I mean, listen to her and all of her globalist friends around the planet. They say the same things, and all of the things that they say result in a miserable miserable life for you, your family members and your, your children, your children's children. I mean, th- think not just about now, but think about if they're, if they're saying this now, they're trying to do this now, how much worse it's going to be if we don't shut this shit down right away.
3: Right. And with people like her, we we were talking about people who listen to her. They're listening to the massage. They're not listening to the message. You know, we, you and I, and David, we, we hear her talk. We listen to her message. Other people listen to the massage of what she's saying because it sounds all nice and flowery. Yep. Oh, and the collective and we can all just live in harmony, you know, in our shack with no electricity and, you know, eat bugs. Yeah. You know, and that's exactly what they're going for.
2: <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Sarah making some great comments over on Facebook. You're right. That's 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 where we're at. They will end up A OK. The rest of us will not. The rest of us will not. That's just, that's where we are. That is, those are the stakes here. Those are the stakes here, you know, and, and, and all of this other stuff that, that is, did is you going say on. Steak? I did say stake. They, they <laughs> would have stake. You would not. And in, in the new, in the, in the new yeah. version of this world that we're talking about here. But, but they, whether it's, whether it's the, the Russia-Ukraine war, whether it's COVID, whether it's climate change, whether it's all of those things play into what we're talking about right here. And this us versus them, and here's how it's going to look in that scenario, that situation. And it's just, man, it's not good for us. It's not good for us whatsoever. Um, but I tell you what, the good, the only saving grace is, is that Praise God, more people are waking up. There are more people waking up and realizing, hey, you know what? I don't feel like the government actually likes us. I don't feel like this this system that was built the right way by our founding fathers in the case of America is working the way it was supposed to anymore. I feel like they're trying to abandon it and abandon all of us in the process. And that is exactly what they're doing. And we've all got to pay attention. We've all got to pay attention. We've all got to be more aware, more alert. Uh, and and I, I don't like all the terms awake and woke and this, that, and the other, because everyone blows them out of context and and uses them different ways. And you never know exactly what that means. Like, are you like a far right person? Are you a far left person? Are you somewhere in between? Are you just confused? You don't know what the word means? I I just want people to understand that most of our politicians who are supposed to work for us are not on our side. There's globalist leaders around the, the planet that are not on our side that want to change how things are. And the reason they want to is because you, me, and free people across the planet, but particularly here in America where we've historically been the most free, we are a massive threat to all of them. And that gives us a lot of power. And we need to understand that and and harness that power and use it for good, stay stay, stay on point stay appreciative and grateful for what we've had and then fight like hell to keep it. That's, that's kind of where we're at. Well,
0: you know, Sarah, Sarah, you know, she's been having great comments. She has a question here so we can be aware, but what the hell do we do about it? You know, like what's what, you know, we always talk about like, you know, voting locally show making local sexy, like showing up on that front because the best part is, is they've shown their cards. They've taken off their mask, whatever you want to call it. So, as long as like you're saying, people are waking up and seeing that. All right, well now, sh- like, make a change. Like, decide to make that change. Don't just say, "Oh, the government has this in our best interest." No, show up and vote. Do something about it. Show up to your local. You know, I mean, I, Alex Stein, as crazy as he is, <laughs> he's trying to make a change. So he shows up to the local <laughs> government <laughs> to, to to show them, "Hey, look what you're doing. You're an idiot." You know, but he does it in an off color way. But at least he's doing something to to get you know get something moving in
2: their brains true i think we can do better than alex stein but yes of course but 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 your sentiment is is received yeah i look i'm I'm, I'm saying it's a start at least he's
0: doing going and doing something you know it's even like that kid the other day who came up and said hey i'm leaving the the public school system here because of this and he brought it up and he brought that was was a great speech but i was like see you later i'm out of here well i mean it's it's gonna take more people like that to stand up, do the right thing, all that stuff. And that's it's just and it's hard because just like that kid's speech, he's other students, other faculty are afraid to say stuff. Right. They're afraid they're gonna get they're failed or fired or they're gonna get made fun of, whatever it is. It's like, hey, you know what? Stick your ground, stick to your guns. D- well, we need to as Pama Beat as as says,
2: yeah? America is the last domino to fall. And if if we if we tank not only are we screwed, the whole planet's screwed. So we, we've we got to stay strong. People ask all the time, like, Sarah, what do we do? Look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you exactly what to do because it's not my job. I don't get paid enough to do that. Um, and this world is crazy, so I also, for legal reasons, don't want to do that either. But but you've got to stand up for for what you believe. You've got to stand up for your country, voting, doing doing it in a peaceful way. There There could be a time where this thing comes to blows. I hope it doesn't. From someone who's lived through war, I hope it doesn't um but do anything and everything you can to communicate reasonably and rationally too don't don't be there's some crazy people out there who just try and shove the truth down people's throats and that doesn't work okay the left likes to put stuff down people's throats it's different stuff but like that's that's what they do don't play that way do it do it the right way share the right information push back vote and let's hope that we don't have to get to the next point, um, which is not a point that anyone wants to get to. Any alibis from you, Tom? Because I got one last thing.
3: Uh, I would also say that, you know, with, with your neighbors, even if, you know, some of your neighbors are, you know, fancy themselves as, you know, lifelong Democrats and everything. If they are, they have to know what they, they have to realize and they will what's happened to their party, and what's at stake here. And I don't think you should vilify those people, but just find a way to say, hey, we have a lot more in common than you think we do because the media is telling you their narrative, which, you know, is they're pushing this fringe element that is now in control of the Democrat Party. You're going to have friends who are just going to shout you down and not say anything to you. Best thing to do is cut those people out of your life. But, you know, just... The the balkanization that we're going through right now with, you know, our neighbors, that's not good. And you gotta find some way to bridge that gap with the ones who are reasonable.
2: Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they there are because there are. There's some people who are lost. You're never you're not even gonna get a word in. Like so you, you gotta focus on the ones that you can and and again do it reasonably. I I know some people who have the best intentions. And the way they deliver things, it's like, oh, that's that's not going to go well. You actually just ensured that they're not going to hear this the right way. But um, anywho, um, we like I said, guys are not going to be on locals today. We're as you have all seen and heard, there's a massive storm going through Florida right now. We're lucky and happy that we got to to get this show in with you today. If there's a chance that we can tomorrow, we will. Uh, I would count on it. Probably not happening. And then we'll just hope for the best, prepare for the worst, and see see how things go. Prayers and and uh, thoughts out to the people on the Gulf Coast as well as even into the in, you know the middle of the state and over on our coast. We're gonna have crazy storm surge over here. Don't completely get how it works like that, but we're going to. So um, praying that all of you guys are safe. If you're down here in the southeast, if you're not, be be doing the same thing for everyone else out there. We hope you have a great day. If we see you tomorrow, awesome. If we don't, we'll see you for sure on Monday. I shouldn't say for sure, but likely for sure on Monday, the same time, same place, 2 p.m. Eastern on all the shows. Uh, Be safe. Be smart. Be free. See you next week, guys.
0: You've just heard Drew Berquist. Tune in weekdays on every major podcast provider or on DrewBerquist.com.